listen, there's such a presence of the living God. I'm telling you now, God is busy doing something miraculously for people. God is taking you out of your situation. God is taking you out of your circumstances. You know why? Because He moved on your behalf. God is ready to move on your behalf. Just allow Him for a few seconds more for God to move in your heart, in your family, in your relationships with people, in, in your workplace, in your finances, in your healing. God is busy moving right now. Just allow Him. There's such a presence, a sweet presence of the living God. Jesus is amongst us because the Word says, Greater is He that's in us. Greater is He that's in us. Greater is He that's in us. Let us just not pass this moment by. There's an opportunity for you to be lifted up and out of your situation. There's an opportunity for you to be to be lifted up and out of your circumstances. You know, many times we we get caught up with what we see and what we experience. And but God, say with me, but God is here and He's going to do it. He's going to do it. He's going to do it for you. And you say it for me, meaning yourself. He's going to do it for me. God's going to do it for you. Oh, Barasha Bandala Katikia Sotolomo. The Spirit of the Living God is in this place. And the Lord is busy talking to people. The Lord is busy working in hearts. The Lord's busy restoring people. The Lord's busy doing a miracle for people because God's miracle power is in this place Jesus Jesus you know we we serve a great God an awesome God a mighty God the most high God the only true living God that's whom we serve that's whom we serve. That's whom we serve. Shobo sandala makatiasia. This is whom we serve. This is whom we serve. This is whom we serve. A miracle working God. A miracle working God. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. A miracle working God. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. We worship you. La Santa La Casia. in the dictionary it means uh, here's a revelation for you 
it means all. <laughs> you know, sometimes, sometimes we, we hear a word all and we think, whoo, there's something greater than all. All means all. There's nothing you can add to all. All means everything. It means all. Try and explain it. You can't. It just means all. It means all. It means all. I don't know what I'm going to do with you, but you're not going to leave the stage. So if you can go and find yourself a seat, uh, Walter, you can just play music in the background if you don't mind, if you can sit down. But don't go, please. I really believe that God's going to minister to people here this morning. You can take your seat. I'm going to try and minister the word. I have prepared, I promise you, from this morning, 4 o'clock. So I'm very hyped up and I didn't even drink coffee. So anyway, but I'm going to try and minister a word because sometimes we want to do what we think we should do. But God, listen, is greater than my word that I can preach. God is greater and higher. God is the one who I'm serving with you. And this morning I know, like I said in the first service, I'm going to say it to you again. Today is your turnaround time. Today, not tomorrow, not tomorrow, not later today, but right now. This is your turnaround time. You need to believe it. You need to grasp it. You need to take hold of that word because God surely wants to come and move on your behalf. You know, sometimes we stuck with our thought pattern because of the way we see things happening in the world, the way we hear things people tell us. And you know what? Can I be honest? I'm, I'm just, please hear my heart. A lot of times people give their viewpoint or their opinion, but God never said, listen, be led by my opinion. He said, be led by my Holy Spirit. That means by faith. We need to believe that God is true to his word. And he will surely make it come to pass. That's the reason why I said, I can do or I will do far more. Far more and above all you can ever think, imagine or pray. That's what the word says. I will do far more, far more and above all you can ever imagine or pray. God said it and therefore I believe it. I really want to grab a hold of your hearts this morning and say to you, we are in a time where we see things happening all around us that influences us. Come on, we're just human beings. Things in the world is influencing us. We all can't wait for tonight when Mr. Ramaphosa is going to speak. We're going to sit in front of the telly and ask and wait and see what he's going to say. That's how we are as human beings. But God says, whose report will you believe? There's a report from God. It's called the Bible. It's called the message. It's called the good news. It's called the word of God. And that's what we need to believe. I'm going to tell you two quickly statements or testimonies, so to speak. And then I'm going to try and go into the word. Well, Walter, just stay with me, please. But the first one is... I have shared it before and I'm going to share it again because sometimes we hear things but we don't listen. And I'm not you now, not you. It's the people on the camera, okay? Right, so. <laughs> but in September, just before September, in August, we got letters from our company, all the managers and all of the staff. And we were told that the company, because of COVID, is going to cut our salaries with 7%. And the first thing... I'm honest now. I'm telling you the truth. I'm not preaching now. Okay. Don't worry. I know it's a bit slow. It's Sunday. Okay. But, but the first thing that came to my mind, listen to this. Listen. The first thing that came to my mind is, okay, if I get a 7% decrease in my salary, 
I have to cut on everything else, including my tithe. Come on, that's how I thought. Thinking, right? Thinking. But then I said to myself, uh -uh, I'm not going to do it. Sorry, uh -uh, it's just my word of expressing myself. I said, uh -uh, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to trust God in the midst of the cut of my salary to still be able to pay my full tithe on my old or my original package that I got from the company. And do you know up until today, right now, while I'm speaking to you, I had more of income. I had more income than what I would have had if I was on my original salary. So our company applied for TERS money, you know, UIF money, to be the, to bridge the gap between what we get and what the cut is in our salary. And when you add the TERS money to the salary package, my salary was actually more, and I thought to myself, dear Jesus, now sorry, I'm saying it, that's what I thought. Listen, I'm thinking. They can leave that cut like it is, as long as I'm getting the TERS money, because now I'm getting more money out, right? But guess what? Last month, the test money stopped. And you know what? That's not you now. It's me. You can look at me. I'll be the example. The first thing that came to my mind again, whoo, what now? Come on. What now? The test money has been taken away. What now? And then God spoke to me and says, why do you limit me? I'm saying, God, but no, why do you limit me? But God, no, no. Why do you limit me? And all the excuses I had was just so poor that I looked at myself ashamed. And then God made other ways to pay me the shortfall. Much, much more than what it is. Again, up until today, right now while I'm speaking to you, there was avenues that God used which I never thought would be made possible. And now I'm earning again more than what I should have earned with my original salary. That is the God that we serve. He's the God of the more than enough. Listen, listen, why is God more than enough? Because He's Jehovah Jireh. He is our provider. But you know what we do? We are, not you now, you. There's the people on the camera again. Please don't relax, relax. We are limiting God with what we see because the moment we look at our salary um, slip, we think, whoo, you know, we go like the owl on the roof. Whoo, whoo, what am I going to, whoo, what am I going to do? Come on, not you now, just the people on the camera. What am I going to do? My salary is less. How am I going to make it? I've got bills to pay. Now, I know you are debt free, hallelujah, but I, I'm not. I've got, I've got debt to pay. I've got a house bond. And I've got a municipal account, water and lights, earth, what do you call it, plot taxes, whatever you call it. I've got all of those things to pay. I've got a cell phone to pay. Dear Jesus, we can't live without it, but I have to pay it. But then God comes in other avenues and he provides for me that I'm just standing back and amazed of who God is. My provider. My provider. God is more than enough. God can do far more above all we can ever think, imagine, or pray. And you know, I'm supposed to preach of ending strong, but I'm hoping that I'm, that I'm, I'm hoping, I'm praying, I'm believing, I'm trusting that I'm really encouraging you as people. Because sometimes when you are in a situation, 
it looks dim, it looks dark, it looks impossible. It looks like the uphill is so high you can't even see the end. That tunnel is so long you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. You know which tunnel I'm talking about. But it's not at the Toysdorf tunnel. I'm talking about a tunnel that's so long you can't see the end. And that's the time when what comes? Doubt comes into our hearts. Especially in a time like this. What do we hear? Let me be honest. What do we hear right now? Woo, the second wave is coming. Did you hear the owl? Woo, there's the owl again. The second wave is coming. Now, am I denying it? No. But I can't base my faith on the second wave. I need to base my faith on the word of God. Because the word of God is the truth. The word of God is life. The word of God brings life. The word of God, when I speak it, it will not return void. But it will go and accomplish that for which I speak it. That's what the word says in Isaiah. When I speak the word of God, that word, which is God's word, will go and accomplish which I speak it for. Therefore, I need to. I have to. This, and I, I, I don't know what else to say, but I need to and I have to declare God's word every day over my life. Because we are living in times, people, let's be honest. We are living in times when we have to rely totally and completely on God and on his word. Because there is nothing else. Mr. Ramaphosa, with all due respect, bless his soul, is not going to do it for you. Julius Malema is not going to do it for you. I'm sorry. This is not a political meeting, but I'm saying there are those people outside the building is not going to do it for you. The only thing, if I can call it a thing with all respect, is the Word of God that can do it for you. And how? How can it do it for you? By getting the Word of God into your heart so that when times come and you are faced with challenges, you can rely you can, you can, there's a pit of wealth inside of you and it's called the word, the message. And when times are hard and trouble comes, then you go deep, dig, you dig, sorry, you dig deep, not deep, dig, you dig deep and you go fetch that word right down there at the bottom so that you can bring it forth. Now it can become springs of living water that can that bubble up in your soul and make you aware that God still care, that he's still the one on the throne, that he's still the one who will come through for you, that he will move because he's a miracle working God. That's who he is. That's who he is. I remember when I was studying theology in Seattle, I used to go to a church called, uh, I can't, Faith Worship Center or something. I can't remember the name. I think it's Faith Worship Center. So please don't hold me to the name. But it's the church for Casey Treat. He's a red-haired preacher from America. And I used to go to his church. And at that time, that was in, whew, where was it now? 2006, five, sorry, 2005. And I used to sing a song about faith. And then in between they come with the words, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. And uh, you know, a lot of times you feel that you can't. A lot of times you are faced with your own challenges. And that challenge is you. When you look in the mirror, you don't see a conqueror. You don't see an overcomer. You don't see it. Come on, let's just be real here, people. But God made you in His image and in His likeness. 
That means you are part of who He is. So don't underestimate what God can do. Don't even underestimate yourself because you are capable. You have the potential. You have the power within that can overcome and be more than an overcomer. Because that's who you are. God made us to complete this year strong. That's what we're talking about. But then you look at your circumstances, you look at your finances, and then you see it. No, you don't. You don't see it. Why? Because those things that you see is hindrances, stumbling blocks in your way. It's a setup to get you deviated from the map or the road map or the road or the pathway of God. And that's what it does. These obstacles come in our ways and it makes us to stumble. But I, I'm here to tell you this morning, if I have to ask any of you who's going through a tough time right now, okay, let's do an exercise. Can we do it honestly? Can I ask who of you sitting here this morning, honestly now, be honest, don't lie, don't lie, are going through a tough time right now? Put up your hands. You see, look around you, please. But put up your hands high. Here, David, here, hand up, sticky, come back for us as a brief. Please, you see what I'm saying? All of you put your hands up. All of you. Why? Because we all go through tough times. What does it mean? You are not alone. Don't ever think that it's for you, it's the worst off. Because God is faithful. God is the one who's faithful. Not me, not my way of lifestyle, but God. Let me read you quickly two, two scriptures I want us to go to. <clears throat> Sorry, second. Let me just open my uh, tablet here. Hallelujah. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. I don't know if anybody can put it on the screen for us. Is there somebody there to put it on the screen? Oh, they, they left the building. Okay. I'm just teasing. They're going to put up. Look at that. This is the song that we used to sing by Casey Treats Church. The good fight of faith. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. That is what is important. I finished the race. You know what? I used to, and I know it doesn't look like it now, because I have a Buddha stomach. But uh, it's all the good food over COVID that I didn't do a lot of exercise. Because remember in the beginning we couldn't walk. So I just talk. And it didn't help me. So anyway, so I used to, and my wife got, uh, I don't know what happened, but she immediately got a skill that she used to have. But all of a sudden it came to the forefront again. And she started baking muffins and bread and uh, scones. And I'm saying, dear Lord Jesus, we are only two. But you're making us if we are six. And you know me, I come from a family where we were not wealthy when I was growing up. We were, we were not poor, but we were not wealthy. You understand? We were like in between. So we just had enough. And so my dad used to drill in our minds. And I'm not your dad's, but my dad. You don't leave the table until the food is finished. Now, that's why it looked like I look. Because I already exercised when I was growing up. But what I'm trying to say is this. So I don't leave food wasted. Come on now. Because I always used to hear from my dad, the people in Egypt, I don't know what that's got to do with it. I'm saying to you now, the truth. The people in Egypt are hungry. So now, why am I eating more for them that are hungry? I don't understand that principle, but it's what it is. The people in Egypt is hungry, so you need to eat all your food. Oh, Lord Jesus. You know? And especially, something, but I'm going to go there. Something that I don't like is Brussels sprouts. 
maybe because they had a German name Brussels or something. I don't know, Polish or where, where, where's Brussels? Polish, wherever. But anyway, that Brussels, it already puts you off straight. Brussels and sprout. My goodness, there can be no uh, vitamins in that thing. I mean, it's as sour as something else. It's almost like you're eating the sour worms. I mean, your cheeks pulls up like your eyes look like a Chinese. No more rice. You know, it's like, wow. But, but this is the thing. I couldn't eat that Brussels sprout. But now when you're at table and your mom dishes it up, you have to eat it. Come hello high water. And high water was first. I have to eat it. And that's why I can't handle Brussels sprout. Now guess what? When I went to the army, guess what is going to be a familiar dish there? Brussels sprouts. Like Jesus. And that they asked my mother, what do I like or not? That they dished up this. But there it is. I finished the race. A lot of times we as people want to give up while we're running this race of faith. While we believe in God and trusting Him for miracles. And the reason being is because of the way that the world influences us. Can we go please to uh, the next one, Romans 12 verse 2. That's a scripture that you all know in the Amplified Bible. Do not be conformed to this world. Romans 12 verse 2, please. There it is. Do not be conformed. You know, can I have the Amplified, the classic version? If you have it on, on your computer, if not, it's fine. The Amplified version. Thank you very much. There it is. It says, do not be conformed to this world. Now listen to that first part in brackets. Look at that. This age fashioned after and adapted to its external. And listen, look at this, look at this. Superficial customs. Not everything the world produces to us is real. Come on, let's be real here. Let's be real here. But be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind. I don't know if you can. Is there a way that you can go to the New Living Translation version of the same verse? Can you do that? Can you ask them, cameraman? What do they say? They're nodding. He's nodding his head because his mask fell off. Okay, it's fine. There you go. Now look at this. Isn't this an amazing one on the same scripture? Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But that's what we do. That's exactly what we do. And it's very sad. Because you see, many years ago, the church needs to give, needs, needed, oh, the church used to give, sorry, direction to the, to the world. But now the world is giving direction to us. Because we don't want to swim upstream. We would rather make it easier on ourselves and swim downstream. And that's what we do. So what we do is we accept the customs of this world. Look at that. But let God transform you. How does God transform us? Through his word. I don't know about you, but if, if it happens to you, please, again, I'm going to ask you to come and pray for us. But God never appeared to me up until this moment. So the only way that I can experience and explore God is through his word. Because his word tells me exactly who he is, what he's about, and what he can do for me. He says, every promise in me is yes and amen. What an awesome verse that is. Because the promises of God is vast and a lot. It's a lot. Let me just use that word, lot. But yet we, we doubt God in situations that we end up in. And we doubt in ourselves. So when you look at yourself and you're not happy and satisfied of who you are and what you can do, guess what? 
You're actually saying to God, you didn't make a, a good person. Because God says in his word, I made you who, how? According to my likeness and image. But yet we don't believe it. We rather believe the opinion of our neighbor. Come on. And it makes us, like James is saying, like a wave, tossed to and fro. What does it mean? That means we're running with everything. There's people, and please, don't be offended now. But there's people that hang on the lips of certain people when they preach messages. And there's nothing wrong with it. But I'm saying, me, if I can help you today, don't take the word of somebody just because you think that they are spiritual or whatever. Take the word of God. Line up whatever people say. There's people that prophesied over my life. I'm saying to you the truth today. I'm telling you the truth. People prophesied over my life many, many years ago. And I was bound, listen, listen, bound by that prophecy because I believed it. And I didn't check it and vouch it against the word of God. And for years, I thought I'm not good enough. I'm not capable. I can't do it. And guess what? For many years, I struggled with that. And eventually, one day, God, I was reading the word, and God opened my eyes to a certain scripture. And I thought to myself, why did I allow a person's opinion, thinking that it's a prophecy, but it wasn't? So be careful. I'm not warning you against nobody. I'm saying you must vouch the word of God always. Because the word is life. The word of God will not bring death over your life unless you speak it. Okay, like Proverbs 18 says, death and life is in the power of the tongue. So the word will not bring death over you if you don't speak death over yourself or over your circumstances. But we need to start taking up the word for what it really says and start speaking life over our lives, over our families' lives, over our children's lives. Come on. Because you know what? When I was growing up or when I was... When the... You look at children today and I hear parents saying words that I'm, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, how is this possible? That parents can call their children, you little rascal, you little devil, you. And maybe you don't mean it that way, but you're using that words and death and life is in the power of the tongue. It's words that you speak. And you know, wherever you go, and I know, I know some of you are still working um, and in this time, some of you, maybe your companies have closed for the holidays. Some of you are, are already on holiday. I'm not on holiday. I'm working right through, straight, because I'm in retail. So pick and pay and Woolworths and all of those distribution centers is under my care, meaning that I'm, I'm, I'm operationally looking after them. But what I want to say is I hear people saying, Oh, the business, there's the owl. Oh, the business is so bad. And we're not doing that great. I mean, I don't know if you that went to shop on Black Friday. I don't know why they call it black because there was nothing black about the Friday. There was no people in the shops. I was surprised. Where's the people? There wasn't. But the thing that I want to say is this. If you continuously speak negatively over yourself, over your family, over your circumstances, over your finances, over your job, guess what? What you sow? Oh, I never knew that. I just heard the part about what you sow. But what you sow, you will surely reap. A farmer cannot go and plant apple seeds and expect 
mangoes or bananas. And the thing is that we need to understand. Let me get to the word because I don't want us to be too long. I want to try and finish before 3 o'clock today. Woo, woo. That's the Esther. Woo. I was listening to a song by Danny Goki. Now, those of you know him, if you know him, good. If you don't, he was one of the idol uh, singers years ago. Uh, it was idols, I think. Walter, was it idols? But anyway, was it idols? America? American Idol, that's correct. He was an American Idol. Yeah. She's from America, so she would know. So Danny Goki was one of the finalists. And then he lost against Adam Lambert, I think it was, that, that they put through and let him go. But that guy is so brilliant. He lost his wife, has kids, got remarried. But, but he sings a song. That's where I want to get. Sorry, I went past Uppington now, but I'm here now, back. So he sings a song called God Made You a Masterpiece. Oh, goodness. You know, I feel so overwhelmed and emotional about that word, a masterpiece. Because if I look at myself, I don't see it. When people give me their opinions, I don't hear it. But God made me, not people. I'm created through the living God. Why do I put myself under so much stuff to become who God never made me to be? Because I'm his masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. If you ever, if you have YouTube, you don't have my tube, but you can have YouTube. YouTube, go to YouTube and look at Danny Goki. It's G-O-K-E-Y. It's his surname, Goki. And go and listen to that song, Masterpiece from Danny Goki. That, that's his latest song on the radio now. And I tell you what, it's so amazing. So listen to that song. But yeah, don't copy the behavior and customs of the world. Why do we do that? Why do we go through that stuff and allowing ourselves to be so limited? Do you know that God is unlimited and he wants you and I to experience much more than what you're experiencing right now? We are nearing the end of the year. We're already in December. Next week is the 16th. Can you believe it? And then we're going into 2021. But a lot of people are suffering. And suffering, I mean, not suffering by pain or anything necessarily, but suffering in their minds because where they're at. And they're thinking that God is not able to do for them what he's supposed to do. But you know why? Because they limit God to think the way God is supposed to do the things that he's going to do. But don't limit God. As I just said to you earlier, I looked at my finances and I thought, the thought came to mind. Because where's the war zone? In your mind. In your mind. And I looked at, at I looked, I just looked and I think to myself, wow, how am I going to make it? And immediately God started putting other things in place where I went far over what I'm supposed to get. Far over. Now you can tell me that's because you've got blue eyes. Come look, I don't have blue eyes. I'm not, I'm highly favored by God. Yes, same as you. See, God, listen, listen, here's the thing. You didn't know this. This is a huge and a deep revelation. God is no respecter of person. You didn't know that, eh? Uh, I know you knew it, but I'm just chest testing you. God is no respecter of person. What does it mean? That means it doesn't matter where you come from, where's your upbringing from, who's your parents, who's your daddy. No, he doesn't. He doesn't look at that. He looks at you and he says to you this morning, you are my masterpiece. Ooh, Man, I tell you what, if that doesn't make you excited, 
I just see Jean there at the back. She's going to run now, but her left foot is a bit wonkly, so she's going to run like, Woo, I'm coming, I'm coming. <laughs> but God made us his masterpiece. And you know what? Many a times we are ourselves to blame because God already done it. It's finished. It's complete. But yet we, we're coming at the back end of the thing and we're struggling. Oh God, if I can just make it, if I can just make it through today, I'll be okay. And then you wake up tomorrow morning and then you realize that that thing that you were worried about is still there. Woo. There's the owl. It's still there. But you know, it's a time such as this where you need to get up out of the bed and say, this is the day that the Lord has made. Therefore, I choose. Do I feel like it? No. But I choose. I choose to believe God for this day. I choose. I will rejoice in this day. Do you feel like you rejoice? Maybe you start off like this. Oh, I'm so happy. Ooh. No. You jump up and down. Do whatever it takes because it's a choice. Everything in life is about choices we make. I need to choose to rejoice and be glad in the day. And then you walk into your workplace and one of the demons that came from hell is the boss. Not by you now. So it's okay. And then you think to yourself, dear Lord Jesus, how come I'm, I'm working in this situation? And then you get reminded in your mind, this is the day that the Lord has made. Woo! I've got some moves, but not, not now. It's in church, eh? But it's the truth. And therefore, I will rejoice and be glad in it. Come on. You have to choose that. Is it easy? No! Not. I mean, we're getting to the year end. I, woo! Year at us, December's end. Lord, let me just get to it, please. I don't want to make it. I just want to not just make it. I want to run the race. See, God never said run the race to finish it. He said run the race to complete it. That's a different story. But in our minds, what do we see? When they run the comrades or, the, or whatever, the athletes is on the track and they run, what do we see? We're waiting for the one to get first. And that's how we have a mindset in our minds. But what about the guy that completes it? He also ran the same race that he come last. It doesn't matter. He complete the race. Sometimes we all feel like giving up. And I'm the first one to say me first. We feel like giving up. We feel like we had enough. We feel like it's, it, it's over and done with. I can't do it anymore. I'm going to quit. I'm going to give up. I'm going to let my boss know he can take that job and to Egypt because those people were hungry that's how I grew up take your job to Egypt but you know what and you realize this is the day that the Lord has made I will rejoice I will rejoice and be glad in it I want to give you a, a last um, just a testimony and then I'm going to finish off the service there's a man called Jerry Savelle you probably know him some of you will know him. He's also an American preacher. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm hammering on the Americans now today. 
but it's okay it's just because we she's outnumbered right so we can do it <laughs> but jerry savelle was one day preaching in a church in uh, johannesburg with ray mccauley and rayma many many years ago jeepers i just got born again in 1987 we went to the rayma conference i know some of you were probably not born but it's okay so now you know i'm a little bit older than you are it's okay so in 1987, I went to the conference in Johannesburg and he was preaching, Jerry Savelle, and he was saying the following. He said, you know, a lot of times God speaks to us and he speaks to all of you, he speaks to me, he speaks to you, and you know it, but you don't take his word seriously. Because sometimes when God speaks to you, what he says is so, wow, so huge that you think it can never happen to me. God, no, 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 wait, 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 God. To me? No. Woo. He's there. The owl on the roof. But he said the following. He said, look here. There was a property across the road from where his church was. A nice piece of land. That he thinks. One day he was sitting in his, um, in his office and he was looking at this property. And he was thinking about. the. Pro Listen to this now. You know how God works even in your mind, in your thoughts. He was thinking about the property and thinking, God, you know, wouldn't it be nice to have that property because then I can expand and I can build a college and whatever. I'm just, whatever he wanted to do with the property. And the Lord immediately spoke to him and said, you're going to have that property. And listen to this. Listen, listen now carefully. And the Lord said the following, you're going to have that property at the price. Listen, listen. Oh, you know, this is a miracle. At the price that you want to pay for it. Not at the price that people are going to ask you, that the bank is going to propose to you, but the price that you are willing to pay for it. But you hear that part, that you are willing to pay for it. So he was so excited, and guess what? He does the same thing that we all do. He ran to all the people that he could get hold of, and he told them that. Biggest mistake. Biggest mistake. You know why? Because people don't have the same vision. Come on now. People you don't have my vision, don't have your vision. There's some of you sitting here. There's some of you sitting here. The Lord says, I must tell you, you are sitting here and you are about to explode into a new vision that you would never thought would be possible. Take that word this morning. Take that word. And you know what happened? He said, God, man, he tells everybody, Woo, woo, I'm gonna get woo, I'm gonna get the woo. And it's like, wow. He says, needless to say. It was a few weeks later. He got the newspaper. But at that time, the Lord also told him to wait. You know, sometimes when God tells us to wait, we think we have to run now. You know? But God says, wait now. No. God, I need to run. I can't wait, God. You know? I don't have time to wait. You know what, Walter? I can't wait. I need to run. No. Because time don't stand still. Isn't it true? But. It's not this. No, don't worry. So, but. He said a few weeks later he got a newspaper and on the front page big it says the following this company let's call them Xerox I'm just making names up so don't take the name now it's not a name please for the sake of illustration this company Xerox bought that property so he did what all of us would do go back into his office and start crying but God you said I'm going to get that property at the price I'm willing to pay for it. How's this working? I don't understand. 
Look at this company, and this is now I'm talking about a multi-million rand company of dollars company. How is this going to be, God? I don't understand you, Lord. You said, and he's carrying on. And God says, are you done with your pity party? I said to you, you're going to have that property at the price that you are willing to pay for it. Yeah, but God, God says, no buts. You need to trust me for it. He said, I cannot say it in English now, so I'm going to say it quickly because I'm going to try and tell it. So far as vrachta. As true as Bob. A week or two later, the newspaper again. That company went bankrupt. That company went bankrupt. So now, guess what? Woo! Now Jerry's excited. Woo! I'm going to get woo, woo, woo. And then, another company, multi-million rand company, bought the property. For a bargain. And his Lord, I don't understand. Are you testing my faith? The Lord says, just trust me. Trust me. Sometimes when we go through these things, it's very hard to trust God. Because when he gives us a word and things went contradictory to what we believe he's going to do, it's hard to trust God. Come on. I know it's not you now. Huh? The people on the camera and me. It's hard. And true as Bob Sally and Joe, a few weeks later, that company went bankrupt. And so here, he was sitting in his office, minding his own business. And the phone rings. And he says, guess who? It was the bank manager. And the bank manager said to him, Mr. Savell, I see you hang your church for a few years now. And I see the income that you bring in into the bank, you know, to bank the tithes and the offerings and whatever. He says, so, if you seen the property across the road, would you be interested in that property? He says, well, most probably, I think. He says, so, okay, listen to this. The bank manager said to him, make us an offer. That is the God whom we serve. Make us an offer. What does it mean? God said to him, you will have that property at the price that you are willing to pay for. So the bank asked him to make me an offer. And he made the offer and he bought the property. So what I'm telling you today is, December is almost over. But I want to encourage you this morning. Listen, God is here to move on your behalf. Don't let your circumstances and your situations keep you down. Stand up this morning. Come on, let's stand up by faith. Let's stand up this morning. Let's stand up this morning. And Walter, I know your drummer is not here. Can we call him? Oh, he's coming. Man, I tell you what, and I want to not single out people this morning. I don't like that because sometimes people get offended if you do. But I want to tell you, this young man here, I've never, ever in my life, I'm not going to say how old I am, in my life seen somebody with such passion playing drums. I've never seen somebody with such passion playing drums. And you know what? It's a lesson. Listen, listen. It's a lesson for me because when you do something, do something with passion. Don't do something half-heartedly because we're serving a living God. God is willing to send His Son to die for us. What are we willing to do for Him? Are we passionate enough for His Word? Are we passionate enough for His people? Are we passionate enough for salvation for others? Because look, we are born again. We are saved to the bone. But the other people are going wasted by the wasteland. People are dying. 
from COVID, from other sickness, heart attacks. People are dying. That's a true reality. We're all going to die in the flesh and live eternally with Him. But what are we doing right now? And I want to ask, can we please, that song is the song. Can we sing it again, please? And can I ask the young man to play their drums like never before? Can I ask, can we just sing the song and then we're going to end the service? Thank you.